As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Nothing but college basketball coming up in the last uh, 45 minutes of the hour. Huge day in college basketball. It gets huger. Is that a word? Tomorrow. Because uh, today, six, count them, six. Love when people say that. Six uh, automatic bids determined in the Atlantic Sun, Colonial, Horizon, Northeast, Summit, and West Coast Conferences with their championship games. Also, the ACC, Big West, Conference USA, Metro Atlantic, and WAC tip off for the first time. So we have uh, mostly all-day basketball because the ACC starts early-ish. Tomorrow is the day where it is truly full-day basketball. Because tomorrow, while the Patriot League plays their championship in the American East, America East has their semis, and the ACC, Conference USA, Metro Atlantic, and WAC continue, you have the tip-offs for the Atlantic 10, Big 12, Big East, Big Sky, Big 10, MEAC, Mountain West, Pac-12, SEC, Southland, and SWAC. How great is this time of year? So we'll get to all of that coming up uh, momentarily with Greg Peterson. Jeff Parlay has things to say. But uh, Champions League, for those who want some uh, beautiful game action today and tomorrow, it is the second leg of the round of 16. And to help us navigate this, and I do mean navigate, we bring in Paul Carr from True Media Networks. How you doing, Paulie? I'm well, Gil. I'm just trying to keep one thought in my head at the same time. That's about all I can handle. <laughs> Seriously. Two <laughs> ridiculous, three apparently a tip over. It's phenomenal. Um, okay, so... <laughs> So let me ask you this before we get into because there's two games today. There's two games tomorrow. They're all, they're all at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. Second legs, round of 16. When you and I have talked about this before, we have talked about this interesting tie-breaking quirk that had to do with away goals. Explain what that was and how that is now no longer the case. So what it was, as UEFA has had this rule and most competitions that have these two-leg knockout series do is the away goal is the tiebreaker if you're tied on aggregate. So if a uh, team wins the first leg one nil at home and they lose two one on the road in the second leg, that team that was at home first will advance because they got the road goal. That rule has been abolished. UEFA has done away with it. So now it's pure aggregate goals advances, uh, the most aggregate goals advances. And if it's tied after 90 minutes of the second leg, they play 30 minutes of extra time and then penalties. So just eliminate the tiebreaker. So it's always a little TBD to see how it really affects things. You can sketch it out and think, you know, uh, but until you you know see it played out, we may not be really sure. And we may not be sure for years because obviously you got a real small sample size and every game's a little bit different, et cetera. So just as an example, if a team won the first leg of, let's say the round of 16, two to one on the road, they scored two away goals. And then the second game, they were trailing at home one nil. They could still just cold chill because they knew they were going to get in on tiebreaker. No longer right. the case. No longer the right. case. Now, now they'd have to go to extra time and penalties. Got so. it. Okay. Well, let's get into it because we got uh, yep. we got about two minutes per game here. So today, right. Liverpool and uh, Inter Milan, Internazionale, as they say. Thank you. Very good. Uh, what do you like here? You like a bunch of bets. You got three of them. 
Yeah, I like Liverpool a lot here. And I'll throw one more caveat in. We always remind these are all 90 minute bets. So if, if a game does go to extra time, that extra time does not count unless you've played like to advance or to qualify when it's just whichever team goes on to the next round. So, uh, yeah, so I like Liverpool a lot here. Uh, Inter Milan had their chances in the first leg. They defended well and didn't get shots on some of their counter attacking opportunities. And I think that was really just the look. You had your shot at home. You didn't come through, and now Liverpool's going to finish you off. They got two late goals uh, to win that first leg on the road, and I think the second leg will look a lot like that. Liverpool's been great at home. They've been great in the first half at home. They've led more than half of their home games at halftime this season, and they've won 17 out of 22 and, and drawn the rest, and, and most of those were against you know your cities and Chelsea types that they didn't get the wins. So I like Liverpool to win this one. I like them to win the first half, and I think there's going to be goals one way or the other. Uh, because Inter has to go for, again, at least two goals, and that's just going to open you up at the back. It's kind of the, the cliche, but it's true here. Uh, Liverpool didn't break down Inter very well in the first leg because they were able to stay back, not so much here. So I like Liverpool to win, win the first half, over two and a half. I like all three of those bets in this game. Wow, all three. They've got three total bets in this one. And I will say, so I played the over two and a half at minus 145 Sunday night. This morning, I saw it at minus 190. These games will shift a lot as you get closer to game time and you get after, done with the weekend. I don't think I'd play it at, at minus 190, but if you can get it closer to minus 150, uh, that's more in the range that I'm looking okay. for. Okay, glad you pointed that out. Also today, concurrent with that, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific, Bayern Munich from Bundesliga against Austria's FC Salzburg. You have one bet in this one. Yeah, this, this one could be a fun one, uh, maybe more than we anticipated. Salzburg maybe one of the surprises of the first leg, able to get a 1-1 draw, and they led right up until the 90th minute. They were fending off Bayern really well for the first hour, and then kind of hung on for that last half hour until Bayern tied it up. Uh, so think about it this way. you know, Bayern is going to score a goal. They've scored in 49 straight home games for over two years, so they're going to get a goal here. So from a, you know, I'm looking at the both teams to score bad, and it's will Salzburg get a goal? And I, I think they will. You know, This could be a... 2-1, 3-1, who knows what to one win for Bayern. I expect them to advance. Uh, but I think Salzburg gets a goal because they, they play a pretty good counterattacking style, and Bayern's defense has been, been very vulnerable to that over the last month. I know they get Manuel Neuer back in goal. I don't think he's really the problem or the solution, I guess I should say, to, to that issue. It's more the defense. So I think Salzburg gets a goal because of how they're going to play. And so I like both teams to score. Minus 125 is the price I have. Okay, so those are today, again, uh, in the Liverpool-Inter Milan match. Uh, Paul is on the first half, Liverpool first half, about plus 115. Again, shop around for the best price. Liverpool to win, minus 175 over Inter Milan. That's a 90-minute bet, though, we should point out. Uh, and then Liverpool-Inter Milan over 2.5. He got it at minus 145. It might be a little too high. If it's minus 190, that's too high. Try to get it as close to Paul's number as possible. And then the Bayern Munich uh, FC Salzburg game, which is at the same time, both teams to score minus 125. Tomorrow, the other two second legs of the round is 16. Uh, also, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon here stateside, uh, Pacific, 12 noon. Um, PSG, which beat uh, Real Madrid 1-0 in the first leg. You have a couple bets on this. Yeah, this is probably the glamour matchup of the round. The first leg was kind of strange. I mean, Real Madrid did almost nothing offensively. Three shots, uh, 0.14 expected goals, meaning given what their shots, they were expected to score like one out of seven games that they would play if they had those shots. So that's not good. Uh, PSG had 21 shots, but it took them to their last one to score uh, in the 90th minute on an Mbappe goal. So 
Real Madrid basically has to win, or they have to win to at least force extra time, and they need a multi-goal win to get through outright without having to go that way. So we're, we're wondering if Real Madrid's going to open up. Are they going to press for a goal? Or are they going to play defensively, sneak a goal, and get to extra time and maybe penalties? And I think it's going to be the latter thing because they don't have Casemiro in the midfield. Tony Cruz is questionable. Like, looks like he's going to play in the midfield, but you know he's not going to be 100% just coming back from injury. So I think PSG is going to control this game, and I think it's going to be a tight one. Uh, so I like the under here, under two and a half. I played it at plus 115. I saw it at plus 130 this morning, so you can probably get a better price than I got a couple days ago. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to feel like a final. If PSG scores first, they can shut it down and not let Real Madrid score twice. And if Real Madrid scores first, they're going to be totally fine trying to keep PSG off the score sheet and get to extra time and maybe sneak a goal there. So the under is kind of a counterintuitive play. I, I feel a little, it's one of those makes me throw open my mouth a little bit mm-hmm. considering you know, I'm basically betting against Messi and Neymar and Mbappe and Benzema uh, not scoring. But I think the way this game's going to go that you got a real shot at the under, especially getting plus money. Stepping on Dan Bespris' little vomitous segment there, I see you doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could you just explain again to the casual American sports fan who is, uh, you know, just again, sort of one eye on soccer? Who who's on PSG again? Who else is on? Uh, everybody's on PSG. I believe. Is the How answer. do they ever lose? Get Mbappe, Messi, who else? Uh, Neymar. Oh my! We've got Marco Bottas in the midfield. Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's kind of a curious question. You know, they lost to Nice over the weekend in the French league uh, and Bappe didn't play in that game. That's mm-hmm. part of it. I mean, Messi's 34. I think he turns 35 this summer. So he's not, you know, Messi in the all right. caps sense that we used to see him for the past 15 years. Right. Uh, Neymar's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, but, but yeah, PSG is kind of underachieving on the European stage, just in the sense that they haven't won a champions league title. They did get to a final, but every year it's like, it's this the eternal question. Is this the year PSG gets it together and wins champions mm-hmm. league? Is it this year? Uh, but yeah, they've underachieved a little. They didn't even win the French League title last year. Mbappe is magic, by the way. Just unbelievable. So much fun to watch. All right. And then uh, same time as that tomorrow, and this is not nearly as sexy as a match, obviously. <laughs> uh, Man City against uh, Sporting Portugal. Man yeah, City winning is... the first 5-0. Is that right? Wow. Yep. 5-0 on the road. This is the uh, why we bet on games, just to keep things interesting mm-hmm. and to watch them that way. So, yeah, this this leg is over. Uh I didn't even see a two advance odds uh, a couple of books that I looked at on this one, which makes sense. You're at five million at home in your Man City. It's not going to happen. Um, and the funny thing is that Pep Guardiola said they can play better after the first leg. So that doesn't bode well, no. really, for <laughs> no, <that's not. laughs> sporting. No, but no. Uh, City has some precedent for this. So last year they beat Gladbach 2-0 on the road, uh, came back, scored a couple early goals, and just shut Gladbach down the rest of the game. You know, just kicked the ball around, didn't let him have it. So I think we're going to see something similar here. City, you know, get a goal or two early, and they did against Manchester United really over the weekend where they just didn't let him have the ball in the second half and put up another goal or two. So I think City is going to win this handily. I, th- I like the win to nil bet, which I got at minus 150. Might be able to get a little bit better now. Uh, so I just think they're not going to let Sporting do much of anything. They'll get their goal or two and just put it in cruise control for the rest of the game and advance on to the quarterfinals. Win to nil for Man City. One of uh, Chrissy Andrews' great story times. What is nil? People from the uh, podcast will <laughs> we'll remember that one. So tomorrow, uh, PSG, Real Madrid, under two and a half in plus money, and then a flyer on the draw at plus 265. Always shop around, and then Man City win to, win to nil, minus 150 in their uh, match against uh, Sporting Portugal. So so basically you have four, uh, excuse me, 
four bets today, three in the Liverpool game, one in the Bayern Munich game, three tomorrow, two in the PSG game, one in the Man City game. All right. I like it. When Liverpool Liverpool doesn't come through, I'm blaming Felica. You're, you're going to what with Felica? What are you going to do? I'm going to blame him. He's blame Felica. So it's his fault. It's all yeah. blame Felica for losses. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. We'll come back. College basketball next. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. See, I like those short and sweet promos where they show you food on the screen and you just get hungry instantaneously. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five at eight. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, continuing to uh, comment on the uh, Calvin Ridley segment and beyond. Jeff Kuykendall, Ridley deserves to be suspended just for betting on the Falcons. It's Jeff Kuykendall's take on the matter. Uh, three Jag H, three one three one. What on earth did Dan Bespris just say? Three thoughts? What sort of parallel universe are we in? Hashtag go Celtics. Uh, Len Glow. Guys, here's a twist to throw out to you. In horse racing, owners and trainers are allowed to bet on their horse, but cannot bet on other horses in their race. They'll lose their license. So Ridley was right and wrong using horse racing rules. Lenny. Eh, it's just in. Not horse racing. Not horse racing. Allie, 100% agree with your discussion of Calvin Ridley Gill. It does completely hurt the integrity of the game and sports betting in general. Hope VEASAN posts that on Twitter. Hashtag a numbers game. Uh, Jeremy, getting college hoops now. Every year I bet the first half under on the very first tournament conference championship game that has a one versus two seed. Can't verify this, but I honestly feel it's a... uh, a system, like a 9-1 and one system the past 10 years, and they seem to always hit easy. Hashtag Chattanooga game. I don't know if he's saying small conferences, big conferences. I don't know. What, I don't know. I, I don't know he didn't have to sweat at all on Chattanooga Furman uh, for that Chatt- first. Chattanooga scored 16 points in the first half? Sounds right. 16 in 20 minutes of basketball. And then they came out and just stomped Furman. But what a great sequence at the end of that game. It wasn't just the buzzer beater to win it. But we should say at the end of regulation, Nuga, as Matt Cox called him, Nuga's up three. They don't foul. It was like this really bad possession for Furman. And they had, like, plenty of time. They end up hitting a three. And Chattanooga's unable to to score at the end of regulation. You want to say that? Yeah, the most interesting thing about that, though, was... I don't. I, I the name of Chattanooga's coach is escaping me for a second. The Wisconsin assistant who's now there, uh, been there for a few years. Uh, Lamont Paris actually is his name. He was actually signaling like this, where he's going basically the the universal sign of foul. Foul. And I just think his best player Malachi Smith just slipped trying to get the guy on Furman before he was able to launch that three. Yell. And then it would look like to me. Yeah, and so they, they tie it. It goes to overtime. We're all watching this during primetime action. It goes to overtime. It's back and forth there, too. Chattanooga, I believe, hits a three to tie it late. And then uh, and then Furman comes down, and a, a running left-handed layup high on the glass puts them up, two with 4.3 seconds left. And uh, you know how it is frantic in those final seconds. It, it ends up with David Jean-Baptiste for Chattanooga. He zigzags across the court. I thought there's no way he's getting this off before the uh, the clock goes to zero zero, but he clearly got it off in time. Fading to his left, right-handed shooter, three guys on him. Bucket, 
Chattanooga to the big dance. Furman immediately with the hands to the head. I cannot believe what just happened to him. That's, by the way, that is why college basketball is awesome, right? Because it's, it's, that's the end. It's do or die. There's only one path in for those two teams, and that's to win their conference tournament. And Chattanooga gets it. Furman does not. That shot was so pure, it didn't even touch the net, Gil. That was another amazing part of that. It's amazing. What do you mean it didn't touch the net? I mean, it was so pure, it barely even touched oh, the net on its way through. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, that, was, uh, that was one of two auto bids yesterday. So we have five total. Murray State won the Ohio Valley a, couple, uh, a few nights back. They were the first automatic bid. The 30-2 and two Murray State Racers, who have only lost to Eastern uh, Tennessee State and uh, Auburn this year, got housed in both games. Big South, the Longwood Lancers from Farmville, Virginia. Yes, indeed. They're in the big dance. Missouri Valley, Loyola Chicago once again. Sister Jean is in there. The Ramblers go to the uh, big dance. Sunbelt, Georgia State won the Sunbelt. Georgia State won the Sunbelt handily, the championship last night. Were you surprised by that at all, that they coasted? Uh, the, the Cajuns kind of had a miraculous run through that tournament. I'm not surprised Georgia State handled their business. Yeah, our 20-to-1s that we were uh, talking about on this show did not come home for Louisiana Lafayette. Good run, though. And then, of course, uh, Chattanooga in the Southern yesterday gets it done. Again, tonight, Atlantic Sun, Colonial, Horizon, Northeast Summit, and West Coast Conferences all have their championship games. Um, Jeff, I'm curious your thoughts. What, one more thing, though. I just want to say this. Because yesterday I came on the show and I said, college basketball where pre-flop wagering, I've, I've used the term, I coined, the, I, coined, I uh, applied the word Plinko to sports betting long ago on the podcast. Plinko, the price is right game, where a lot of these pre-flop ATS things, it's basically Plinko. You drop the metal, uh, the metal chip, it bounces from rung to rung, the old price is right game. As it gets further down, it gets quicker and quicker from rung to rung to rung, and then it lands in a slot. It's just absolute plinko, some of these. College basketball, the sport where you win games at a higher rate that you have no business winning, and you lose bets at a higher rate that you have no business losing. And I said yesterday, I was like, okay, I had the Houston-Memphis over, had no business losing that on Sunday. Had the Michigan-Ohio State under, had no business losing that on Sunday. And then I had Tulsa, I had no business winning on a 48-footer at the end of that game, which was awesome. Yesterday... I ended up with, uh, was it Charleston? Did Charleston play last night? Was I can't even remember who I'm betting on anymore. Charleston lost to Wilmington. Charleston lost to Wilmington. I had Charleston at halftime. They were winning that game in the second half, coasting along. I was like, ah, oh, I'm a genius. Charleston second half play. I'm, I'm so smart. And then what happens at the end? They call a charge. Did you see that? Well, refs love calling charges. Here's what I'll tell you. I was on Wilmington pre-flop, so I enjoyed the call. Good for you. Even though the call was wrong. The call was wrong. And and what happens? UNC Wilmington wins by exactly enough for my bet to lose. Had no business losing that. But then I had Santa Clara plus the points against St. Mary's last night. I had no business winning that. And that somehow got home. College basketball. What you used to say about college football, Jeff? What was your line about college football? Uh, college football, it is what it is. College. I'm still on that camp for <laughs> yes. college football. College yeah. football, it is what it is. With college basketball, I will maintain it. Pre-flop betting, college basketball, you just the highest rate of wins you have no business winning and losses you have no business losing. What do you like in, the ch- in any of the six championship games today? So let's go through this real quick, Gil, because we have to preface all these by the first game, which is the Atlantic Sun 
where we did it yesterday, but I think it's our, we got to do our due diligence. Bellarmine is ineligible for the NCAA tournament regardless of what happens today. Second year. We talked about this last year. We talked about it a little yesterday. It's the second of four years where they cannot get to the big dance. Four years is a long time, by the way, for right. that rule. It's pretty crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So transferring. Yeah. So for that game, uh, the Bellarmine's playing Jacksonville, who's actually a pretty good basketball team. The Dolphins are. I, this is one of the, this is one of those situations where I like Jacksonville, but I'm a little bit concerned because it feels like the narrative will be, oh, they have to win this game be, to get into the tournament because if they lose, Jacksonville State, Alabama's Jacksonville State gets to bid, not Jacksonville from Florida. So I'm a little bit concerned narrative-wise there, even though I think Jacksonville's the better team. Also, I didn't realize Bellarmine gets this game at home as well. Yes. Which is really fair for Jacksonville. Sure. Here. Right. That's that's one for today. Uh, the other one, we'll, we'll go back to, you mentioned Wilmington before. We'll look at Wilmington and Delaware, where UNC Wilmington has been this team all year, where there are a few teams, Gil, that the analytics have just hated. The Ken Palms of the world have just hated Providence and Wisconsin, obviously, on the Power Five plus Big East and are the teams that have been the ones that have been hated the most where their record doesn't match up with the way they're rated in, 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 uh, in those uh, numbers. UNC Wilmington's kind of the same. They won a ton of close games, including last night. They had a 12-straight cover game streak. Uh, they're an underdog tonight as the two-seed against the five-seed in the CAA. I, I think Wilmington's going to win the game. They just find ways to win. So I'll, I'll take the two-and-a-half. I like the plus-120 as well were on you, the Seahawks. Were you surprised by how easily Delaware handled a very sexy pick he, here of he, Towson? Yes and no, because the one thing that was pretty apparent early in that game, because that was in its own window at 6 o'clock Eastern, Towson just didn't show up. They their shoot what are they? Their shooting percentage was horrific. Horrendous. And yeah. you thought, all right, they got it to seven and a half time. They, they made they, a run they, in the second sta- half. They stabilized, all right. They had it to one a lot in the second half, and they just got drilled in the last seven minutes of the game. Good on the blue hens. Yeah. Bad on the on the Tigers who are going to the NIT instead. Good on the fighting Flacco's. One more here before the uh, break. Yeah, the only other one that, that that catches my eye is Wagner, I think, is getting too many co- points at Bryant. Those are the two best teams in the NAC all year. Uh, that actually has come down from before the show, which I think is proper. Uh, Bryant plays this really fast, fun style that you they nearly got caught again against Mount St. Mary's in the semis uh, two days ago where they just weren't making shots. And it's hard to win in March when you play that loosey-goosey style and aren't making shots. The Seahawks were the best team for a good bulk of the year, Wagner, that is. So I kind of like Wagner getting the points there against Bryant. So All there right. we go, Gil. What a night in college basketball. Six auto bids again, Atlantic Sun, Colonial, Horizon, Northeast Summit, and West Coast Conference Championships, not to mention the ACC Big West Conference USA Metro Atlantic. And whack, tip it off. And then tomorrow it gets even more wackier, if you will. Even better tomorrow, full-day basketball. Um, looking forward to all of it. Greg Peterson has thoughts on all. Believe believe you me, he does. That's next right here on the Numbers Game at Vison, the Sports Betting Network. A Numbers Game with... 
Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting this Sunday with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, who's about to join us, Matt Humans, JVT, Tim Murray, Wes Reynolds, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts on Sunday. This Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern, free. That's free on vcin.com. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay with breaking football news. Yeah, it's big. Got to say, Pat McAfee had it first. Of course he did. And then Ian Rappaport following it up moments later. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers have agreed to a four-year, $200 million deal that will make him the highest-paid player in league history. He gets a whopping $153 million guaranteed. <laughs> and his cap number actually goes down. Yes, Gil. it does. Uh, so Green Bay committing to Aaron Rodgers long term. And thus ends what was the fun Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos era, Gil. Well, for those who were trying to get betting-wise, we're trying to get in front of it by betting the Broncos, by betting the Titans, a la, if I may, the people who were betting to get ahead of Tom Brady two years ago, and the people who landed on Tampa Bay were the big beneficiaries of it. Um, but those uh, those Broncos and Titans bets, oh well, you got Broncos and Titans bet, but they won't bets, but they won't be with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, who is 38 years old and will be 39 years old on December 2nd. Remember, if this were the uh, the pre-Tom Brady years, we would all say, "Well, this is lunacy." But uh, we've seen Tom Brady perform at a high level, and Aaron Rodgers has, has shown zero, zero inkling of his game falling off in any way. And so, uh, boy, that is a, they are rejoicing in Green Bay. Packers Nation rejoicing. Fans, the brass there, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and this is why I, I refused. I was of the Ryan Clark school of I refused to go with the wind on every little news story about Aaron Rodgers. It looked like, if you read the tea leaves here in the last couple days, it was pretty clear. It looked like he was trending towards staying in Green Bay, and that's, as, that's exactly what's happened to the tune of $153 million guaranteed. And because the salary cap figure goes down now on Rodgers, Jeff, and this is the big thing here, now the Packers will turn their attention to Devontae Adams. And you would think, one would think, that their next move and you would think this would be the part of the conversation with Aaron Rodgers, is that now by reducing his salary cap figure, they will now produce the room to secure Devontae Adams, his guy, his number one receiver, and arguably the single best receiver in the National Football League, to stay there, secure him in Green Bay as well, so that Aaron Rodgers has his go-to guy. Four-year extension worth $200 million, $153 million guaranteed. As you would think, the Packers will now turn their attention to Devontae Adams. And as far as betters are concerned, not only uh, do the people who bet the Broncos and the Titans trying to get ahead of that, not only are those bets now without Aaron Rodgers, but if you tried on this news to get ahead of Packers, of, the, of this move and try to, try to get Packers bets down, Hope you got there, but that was removed pretty darn quickly from our uh, vantage point here. Jeff, were you able to get anything in, or was it gone by the time you got there? All gone. Yeah, me too. All gone. So, Pat McAfee, who Aaron Rodgers has basically uh, given every bit of 
information to, regardless if it's on the field or off the field first. He gets it first, and Ian Rappaport uh, backs it up there. So Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay for four more years, and there it is. I think what for me, really, what this is is, again, about a month ago, we were thinking to ourselves, maybe Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers. Maybe Russell Wilson leaves the Seahawks. Who knows where Deshaun Watson's going to go? But in the end, I, I have said this now for a week or two, I think we're going to have a very quiet, very quiet quarterback carousel. Let me define that. Meaning that I thought Aaron Rodgers would stay in Green Bay. It has happened. Pete Carroll at least talking like Russell Wilson is going to stay in Seattle. We shall see. Deshaun Watson not anywhere close to signing anywhere. And so what we might have is an offseason that instead of being this unbelievable offseason of big-time quarterbacks going to different places, we might have the exact opposite, where teams who are quarterback needy are going to now be choosing between the likes of Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky, and Jameis Winston. Maybe, maybe Winston stays in New Orleans. So I think that's what we're headed towards, but good on the Packers. And good for Aaron Rodgers, man, who... Let's face it, I don't care what you think about him off the field, and there there was certainly criticism that was levied against him and some justifiable. But on the football field, man, it's the greatest man. The greatest. Good for him. Jeff. The the quarterback carousel point is the most interesting in there now because I've been in the camp that Russell Wilson's not going anywhere from Seattle either. Yeah. And I think this kind of makes it less – yes, I understand – you may say, oh, a team is more desperate to trade for a Russell Wilson now since he's the best name on the market for guys that you know are going to play this upcoming year. I don't think Wilson's going anywhere. I think when it's all said and done, Gil, like you said, it could very easily be that Jimmy Garoppolo is the best name that ends up moving this offseason, mm-hmm. which for what could have happened, be disappointing to some. To some, will be pretty. Some people will be pretty darn happy though that their quarterbacks are staying put. I had, I had discussions with uh, fellow Washington football team fan uh, friends of mine, and uh, the, the question was bandied about: Okay, you can't get a pie in the sky. You can't say Aaron Rodgers. You can't say Russell Wilson. You can't say Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, because Washington already has Congress looking into sexual misconduct allegations, so he's certainly not ending up in Washington. So you can't have those three quarterbacks. And we already see now with the Aaron Rodgers news, that has been confirmed. Who would excite you? And we're just using Washington as proxy for all quarterback needy teams here. But, like, what quarterback would actually excite you to get for a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback? By all indications, by the way, Washington has been knocking at everybody's door. And I mean everybody's, according to reports. And you know what I came up with, Jeff? Like, begrudgingly? Like, it it was a pregnant silence for 10 seconds, and I'm like... Marcus Mariota? Because <laughs> I'm like, because he might win you a game or two on his own, I guess, with his legs, maybe. But it's like nothing is, is essentially the answer. Because it ain't Carson Wentz. It's not Jimmy G if he's not surrounded by great talent, which this just in. Team like Washington isn't. They're not a quarterback away. But if you're Tennessee, if you're Indianapolis, uh, do any of those guys excite you? Do any of those guys put you over the top? What happens to Jordan Love now? Well, listen, if Jordan Love were any good, seriously, if he were any good, let's be honest about this, we would not have had this prolonged drama in Green Bay. 
We just wouldn't have. Because if he was any good, the Packers at some point would have been like, well, this isn't worth it. We got the kid. The kid's awesome. The kid's going to be great. We don't need it. So it's a great question. Jordan Love will be uh, at some point, one would think, either scuttled or if he wants his career to go anywhere. Because let's put it this way, it's not anywhere in the next four years in Green Bay. So there it is. Aaron Rodgers, for those who missed it, four-year extension, $200 million, 153 guaranteed. Jeff, you think you'll get that kind of contract later in your career? No? Anything like that? No? I think I, John Goulet says yes, thumbs up, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, look, one can Never dream, know. right? One can dream. Should we bring in Greg here for, for one hey, quick he, thought? Greg Peterson's a Packers fan. Let's bring him in because he is a Green Bay, a Green Bay Packers fan. We, uh, we'll talk college basketball with him after the break. But that's got to feel, feel great to you as a Packers fan, huh, Greg? Oh, it certainly does. It's one of those cases in which, well, we've been having the Aaron Rodgers discussion for many, many years. I mean, it's a guy that hasn't had any sort of a fall off whatsoever. So I do think that this is very beneficial being able to get Aaron Rodgers out in the fold for many years. I think that it's absolutely tremendous, the news. So I'm very happy. Well, and you see is on a point that I did as well, which is, again, 38 years old. He'll be 39 on December 2nd. But we now have, you know, and Tom Brady is such a different kind of quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but we have the evidence of a Tom Brady now, a guy who won a Super Bowl, right, advanced into his, you know, into his 40s, you know, he's 43 years old, I believe, by the time he won, maybe 42 by the time he won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. He's 44 now. Um, So Aaron Rodgers, had it not been for the Tom Brady trajectory, we might still be saying, ooh, four-year deal, 39. I mean, we've seen Peyton Manning fall off a cliff. We've seen these other guys. And we might not, you know, view it in the same way. But now I don't think, and you just said it. I said it before. Not an inkling of drop-off in Aaron Rodgers' game at this point. So if you're the Packers, like, I don't even view it as risky at all. I just view it as the, the greatest thing that could possibly happen to your franchise uh, moving forward. And so uh, good on the Green Bay Packers. And uh, good on the fact that we don't have to listen to, and I think Charles Barkley's right, even despite the, this being the end of this. Charles Barkley's right. Um, we don't have to listen to the whole pretty girl being told she's a pretty girl everyday thing anymore. Aaron Rodgers, a Green Bay Packer, $200 million, four years, 153 guaranteed. $153 million. Greg, we'll come back. We'll talk some college basketball, okay? Big, big day in college All basketball. Right. We look forward to it. Greg Peterson, who is the subject of a Brent Musburger narrated one-minute promo. It is spectacular. Spectacular production here. Uh, Check that out on uh, Brent's Twitter feed, if you like. Greg's next. College Hoops coming back. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM 
app. Sign up with the BetMGM app or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, Greg Peterson joins us. Uh, one, one clarification on the, uh, just to be clear here on the Aaron Rodgers thing, because Pat McAfee was the first to report that Aaron Rodgers is signing a long-term deal with the Packers, and then the Ian Rappaports of the world went in on the four-year, $200 million with $153 million guaranteed. Pat McAfee, Jeff, uh, tweeted this out, though. I just want to point this out. He said, news of a four-year, $200 million deal is not accurate, according to my sources. Emoji, palms up in the air. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Pat McAfee's sources the ultimate source on this? Usually. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, I don't know. He, he, he agrees. He goes, this is Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, the Packers have agreed to a deal. But, Patrick, but Pat McAfee saying, not sure about those terms. Now, the next thing, Ian Rappaport just tweeting this out while we were in break. The Packers expected to use the franchise tag again on Devontae Adams. There so is. there you go. Yeah, there it is. So they got their guys. Good for them. On offense, anyway. On offense, they got their guys. Greg Peterson is here. Uh, we're running out of time, so we want to get Greg Peterson's thoughts on college basketball. Huge day in college basketball. Six automatic bids uh, given out today by uh, six conferences that have their championship games, the Atlantic Sun, Colonial, Horizon, Northeast Summit, and West Coast Conference, uh, West Coast Conferences, all with their championship games. There's also a bunch of uh, tournaments starting, the ACC, Big West, Conference USA, Metro Atlantic, and WAC. Let's get to the championship games first, Greg. Um, where are you going with these? What do you like best among the automatic bids decided tonight? What I think is going to be really interesting is this Wright State game. They're going to be taking on Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky wound up winning both games between these two during the regular season, but you'll notice that Wright State has turned over a little bit of a new leaf. Typically a team that plays a lot more up-tempo, a little bit less defense, a little bit more offense, but Wright State has been doing a better job of being able to hammer home some defense. Only reason why their game went over yesterday against Cleveland State is because you wound up having 33 points scored in the final four minutes of a game that was never within 12 points. So oh. that tells you where the fouling was right there. Uh, I mean, someone, on the under, that was, someone just that tweeted was, me about that, too. They're like, could you talk about that ridiculousness? Terrible. Yeah, that was one that I was pretty darn salty about. But yeah. with that said, I do think that Wright State is playing a little bit better right now. Tanner Olden, I think, is going to be the best player in this game. You do have a Wright State team that has been relatively solid overall with regards to their offense growing up against a Northern Kentucky team that has been able to do a solid job of being able to pound the glass. But I do think that Wright State, them being able to get a point, I'm going to be passing that, going to be taking a look at the money line. So that's going to be a little bit of a look for me. And when it comes to this UNC Wilmington team, I don't think I've ever seen a luckier team before in my life. <laughs> they wind up being able to get to this spot on a block charge call against uh, Charleston. Don't Literally, they me. took over the number one spot in in terms of Ken Palm, in terms of luck a few days ago, and that's with Providence currently existing. So I take a look at their ride, and it's been very strange. Delaware, they've got Dylan Painter back at the fold. They were able to have Austin Cargo off for a double-digit amount of rebounds yesterday. Currently find them anywhere between two and two and a half. My max here is a lay three with Delaware, but that's where I'm going to be looking as well. Yeah. Don't remind me. I had Charleston second half pick them yesterday. Uh, that that was the decider. That that uh, foul call there. That charge. They love calling the charge in that situation. All right. So, 
Uh, those are the uh, the two picks there. Wright State and Delaware. Did I get those right? Wright State and Delaware. Okay. What about uh, the conference tournaments that are tipping off for the first time, including the ACC, which is uh, really this uh, early afternoon, midday, if you will, to start? Well, boy, oh, boy, these ACC teams are not very good, to say no. the least. But I think that Pittsburgh should be the favorite instead of Boston College in the early game. I set Pittsburgh as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a little bit of a different team now because they do have Ethiel Horton back in their backcourt, a guy that's able to shoot over 40% from three-point range in a road in a neutral court environment. I think that they should be able to control things down low against a Boston College team that has one guy that's able to give you more than five-and-a-half rebounds per game. That'd be T.J. Bickerstaff and Boston College. They've got one guy that averages more than two points per game that shoots over 30% from three-point range. I think that's going to be an issue. Now, Barclays Center is a arena that typically whenever you find college basketball teams, they have a little bit of a tough time shooting. I do think that Pittsburgh should be able to get enough out of John Hughley in this game. was able to give you seven rebounds per game. Mojave Gay has done a solid job being able to give you two blocks per contest as well. I think that Pittsburgh just flat out has more talent here than Boston College. So I'm looking at a money line on this one and you've got a Pittsburgh team that it's in the bottom 30 in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. A Boston College team that they play very slowly and they can't shoot the three either. So I'm seeing this total rise up to about a 130 in a lot of spots, and I like that under as well. All right, that's 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, the first tip-off of the day. Tomorrow, by the way, full-day basketball as, uh, wow, how many? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 more conferences tip off their conference tournaments tomorrow. Anything else in terms of game plays today, Greg? What I did wind up giving out for DK Nation, I did a write-up on this. This was at five and a half. Now we're seeing it mostly at five, but I'm willing to take pretty much anything of four and a half or more. That'd be Clemson against NC State. I took the points with NC State because got a Clemson team that they're just not the same when they're away from home. At home, they shot 39.9% from three-point range. On the road, more like 32.8%. Now, they will have back P.J. Hall, a key cog for this team, guy that's able to give them 15 points, five and a half boards. But I take a look at NC State. They're actually in the top 15 in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. And they've got a guy in Duran Sebron who leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. Does a very solid job there. Backed up by a guy that by the name of Jericho Holmes, he and Traquavian Smith shoot nearly 40% from three. And NC State has actually just shot 33% from three-point range at home this year, more like 38% on the road. So saw a little bit of value with NC State. I like them being able to catch between five. I was seeing a little bit earlier, five and a half, but those seem to have dried up. All right, five conference tournaments start today, 11 tomorrow, two more uh, in the American Athletic and the MAC on Thursday, and then the Ivy still to come at the end of the week. Uh, any because you and I haven't had a chance to talk about these, I don't think. Is there a conference play you like more than any of the others in the ones that haven't tipped off yet? I'm not really much of one for diving into conference futures because I've always found that whenever you wind up doing a little bit more of a rollover, you're able to maximize your value a little bit more. And what that also provides you is a bit more protection as well because when you wind up diving in on a conference future, you wind up taking insert team here at 6-1. If you would wind up just playing the money line on the first game, that one unit that you would take on the future, and you wind up playing one unit on the money line and you just roll it over until you wind up hitting it or if that team winds up losing, you actually get a little bit more value. And on top of that, if you, like me, are a Wisconsin Badgers fan, 
and you wind up having like your top player like Johnny Davis wind up going out mid-game. Wisconsin is able to survive, but they would say lose him for a game. We're just throwing out the, the hypothetical. You would not want any part of that Wisconsin future anymore, and this way gives you a little bit more protection with that regard. So that's what I'd be taking a look at rather than a normal future, and really none have really stood out to me because I do think that you've got a case in college basketball this year in which things are going to be very situational with regards to these conference tournaments and also the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how many people actually do a rollover in practice, but I understand in theory, obviously, uh, what you are uh, referring to. Greg, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Brent Musburger just did a narrated one-minute promo for your podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops. It was tremendous, uh, featuring people should people should watch this. Well, so well produced by Brian Rogers, featuring you yes. uh, doing your podcast, uh, jogging in an Anderson Hunt jersey around a tennis court as you do your twelve miles a day. One that is true, right? We're showing it on screen here. This is Greg Peterson, uh, just the beautiful mind motif here as well on this. Uh, you will always have this. Do you, do you get? Are you? Are you? Do you understand that for the rest of your life, you'll always have a Brent Musburger narrated one-minute promo for yourself, man? It is saved in the media of just about every single one of my cloud accounts, every single one of my social media. So, oh, absolutely, I do, and it is absolutely awesome. It's just a case of winning at the game of life. This is just—it's <laughs> a Mona Lisa. I mean, it truly is. A case of winning at the game of life. It is a Mona Lisa, Greg. I'm glad you appreciate it, man. Look at you. Look at you. Look how far you've come, man. Greg is dying. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you appreciate That's the best part is that you, too, you truly do understand the gravitas of that. Uh, Greg Peterson, the one and only. Uh, Coast to Coast Hoops is the name of the podcast. Is that true, by the way? the one I know, I know the part about you running 12 miles a day is true. What is your longest podcast episode? We did five hours about three weeks ago. Okay. I was just going to clarify that. Five hours is is a record-breaking one. Greg, appreciate it as always. Congratulations on Aaron Rodgers. Enjoy all the games today, my friend. You too. Thank you. Greg Peterson, everybody, at GUnit underscore 81. Lombardi line is next. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about Aaron Rodgers. That's next on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 